Hey girlies, welcome to Crisis Joint, the podcast where we ring the alarm about cultural emergencies. Whether it's a flop album, an insane headline, a problematic fave, or just something that needs to be urgently discussed or you'll die, we are going to revive it and make sure it gets the medical assistance it so desperately needs. My name is Drew Haskins, and I am the only twink who can save a culture in crisis. Joining me today for the 99th episode of Crisis Twink, very extra special guest. I almost called you guest judge. <laughs> very special guest, Alex Martinez. Hi. Hello. I mean, I will be judging. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> if, what if I'm judging. Else, yeah. If nothing else. Um, we have to start this off by acknowledging that there is a torrential downpour going outside. Um, and if the audio of this episode is bad because of hurricane-like conditions, I am accepting no liability, no responsibility. Um, we'll be taking no accountability whatsoever for fuzz or even the things that are said today. Absolutely not. And that includes talking about the weather, but, um, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. Um, it's been a rainy morning, just, you know, yeah, living, laughing, loving. We kind of like got a little good and a little bad this morning waking up. Like, have you listened to the Jesse Ware song that just dropped? Yes, I did. I loved it. Okay. I like it too. I, I felt this with Free Yourself and I'm feeling this a little bit now. It's a little bit more disco by numbers. Yes, 100%. But you know what? If it's not broken, uh, don't fix it. Yeah, I agree. Like, I would love to hear a little bit more, like, I mean, not that, like, what's your pleasure with the, was this big, like, experimental dance record, but I would definitely love a little bit more of the weird touches going forward Um, in that. Though, like, the first single from that album was Spotlight, which is a great song, but also very, like, traditional like yeah yeah no I, I I enjoyed it I mean I listened to it like once I think this morning it was like that and Rebecca Black um did the Rebecca Black album drop today it did yes oh wow yeah I haven't listened to it yet it was we good do, it was cute we do support my former uh queer kickball team teammate <laughs> Rebecca Black <laughs> on this podcast I did like oh the God. the first single from that album is very good um yeah. weird like a Thursday release release date though I kind of like it threw me off it threw me off I I, like for a second I was like wait what day is it happening I I don't understand where I am but um yeah I I miss I miss the Tuesday releases I will be honest um but yeah but Friday is whatever well speaking I mean bad segue but speaking of Friday tomorrow (laughs) is the 12 year anniversary of the song Friday. I just Googled that. So maybe she's not releasing the album on February 10th because she doesn't want to be dropping her debut album 12 years to the day after. Wait, but that would make it so much cuter. I love, I kind of like that. (laughs) It would be, but like, no, it would be cute. I mean, they're, I feel like half of pop stardom right now in air quotes is like, easter eggs and dropping dropping little like breadcrumbs for people (laughs) but like it would i can see why someone who's most famous for a song called friday would want to not drop 
her debut album on the day Friday itself. Like <laughs> That is fair. That is very fair. I honestly, at this point, because I'm so entrenched in like delusional homophobic people or homophobe. Oh my God. Homo, a homo people. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but that like, I kind of forgot about Friday is what I'm saying. Uh, like yeah. I, like at this point, like I've seen her live now and that it doesn't even connect to me as like the same person. The, no, I mean, the music is, I mean, obviously radically different because how could it not be? But it's also pretty high quality too. Like we have talked a lot about 100 Gex over the last few weeks for some reason on this podcast. What I am about to say might be unpopular. I think Rebecca Black is currently making better music in a similar vein than 100 Gex. Ooh, okay. The thing about me is that I actually know nothing about Trick Okay, that's fine because they only have like 10 songs and they're all like fun, but they all sound the same. And the same way that like a punk album kind of all sounds the same because the energy level is the exact same the entire time. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Can I also just say when I um said delusional homophobic people, I really wanted to say a word that is, I'm not sure if I should say it on your podcast. I oh, don't you know. can say whatever you want on this Okay, podcast. I was going to say faggots. And so then I was like, I was like trying Yay! not to say faggots. And then of course I like overcompensated by saying homophobic. No, um, that's that's like the, the secret word. Like Groucho Marx comes out and the balloons come down and everyone's like, <laughs> no. Um, this, this point forward, I will make sure to, to say it correctly. Thank you. Um, there was a piece of bad news this morning though. And that is that, Burt Bacharach died. Oh, I did hear that. I didn't realize like how much music he was a part of. Uh, yeah. The one, he... thing, the, the one thing I saw was like a clip of the Glee um, when I wake up mm-hmm. or this I... morning, whatever that song. And they're like, we never would have gotten this. And I was like, this is the weirdest tribute, but like. <laughs> it I love is that. the weirdest tribute, but it's also like, I think with the benefit of hindsight, the single cuntiest moment from Glee's storied infamous history is that performance. Like Diana Agron really, and also like Naya Rivera, may she rest in peace, and Brittany Murphy as the backup dancers in that number. Like perfection, simple perfection. Like really. also a testament to the the craft of Burt Bacharach that like <laughs> it, you can place any of his songs on like the most like demented tv show ever to air on network television and they still go off like the like they're immune to ryan murphy bullshit that's ironclad songwriting that is really good to have to have that on your side (laughs) he also worked actually with not to spoil the central topic that we're going to be discussing today he did work with the artist that we will be talking about later on several things as well i mean he had his hands in many um many honey pots yeah so to speak but um i was also really surprised by how many people like were talking about him within the context of austin powers too i kind of forgot oh, he right. was in those movies but he's i mean he was just like everywhere he's like one of, i i mean i'll be honest i thought he was dead already but like he he's one of those he had a literal like 65 year career yeah that's wild and insane not many people and he was like pretty like he was like getting like tribute awards until like two years ago basically like that's that's longevity (laughs) that's longevity not many people can say that um 
Okay, wait, speaking of longevity, I think it's actually time to move on to our first segment today. So, Alex, we are going to play Ring the Alarm. I'm going to present you with three cultural scenarios from recent and or ancient history, and you are going to decide whether or not to ring the alarm. No wrong answers here, but but your choice is binary. Are you ringing the alarm or not? You said binary? Yeah. Um. <laughs> only in this context. Only in this context. Uh, sure, let's ring the alarm. Uh, why not? That's one of those words I was like, should I have said this at the in the first place when introducing this segment? But like now it's been 99 episodes and I truly could not veer off of this like script if I wanted to. Like it's too um like lasered into my brain at this point. So well, not not great, but it is what it is. Okay, first scenario. True breaking news. This was a day of breaking news, and we are recording this at noon on a Thursday. A lot of stuff has happened. Drag Race is moving back to 90-minute episodes on March 10th. Are you ringing the um, alarm? Uh, this may be controversial, but I kind of liked the shorter versions of Drag Race. Yeah. Uh, I understand, you know, that people spend a lot of money to go on the show and, you know, show off their drag and all that business, but... I am overwhelmed by Drag Race on many occasion. And mm. this is the first season in a couple seasons that I'm actually watching. Like I kind of just like stopped um, because I would see all the stuff online anyway. And it didn't yeah. really, I didn't really need to watch the show, <laughs> but I kind of like how quick paced it is. Cause then I can like do it and be over. Uh, but I understand that other people want that time to, you know, show what they got. No, 100%. Like I'm, I'm with you in that the shorter episodes on principle feel tighter. Like, yes, there are some issues with editing. Like, I know that the editors did not know that these episodes were going to have to be an hour before going into the season. So, like, a lot of the stuff we've watched so far feels very rushed um, and lumpy. Like, it's weird to go from Snatch Game to, like, Lucy LaDuca recounting the first time she ever got called a faggot like it's it is total whiplash um but I also I'm I'm kind of okay with it because I don't really like how like sob story-ish drag race has gotten over the past few years like it feels very like Emmy bait-y and I because I it doesn't feel real to me I've never met a sad gay person in my life never once so <laughs> they just don't exist unrealistic it's like unrealistic expectations uh, no like if RuPaul is trying to create like RuPaul's school for downtrodden homosexuals then like that's his prerogative and Maddie Morphosis then that's his prerogative I guess but like <laughs> not and Maddie Morphosis uh yeah like, I yeah, I don't know that. I do um I also am a little annoyed that like if we are going to get 90 minute episodes the timing of this is such that i believe someone in one of my group chats did the math on this there will be six queens left and 90 minute episodes from there on out that is not the right ratio like if yeah they better be that, interesting yeah but like six queens for like we've seen like in past seasons of drag race like that have been 90 minutes like they've really sagged after the halfway point because like it's just not enough cast members 
for these long episodes. And like, yeah. since no one's providing any drama or theatrics anymore because of social media, there's like, I mean, there's nothing to fill this space with except for like people talking about themselves being bullied, which is a real problem. Yeah. I'm doing it right now. Addiction, <laughs> we better, yeah. Um, I don't know. I uh, That also makes me feel crazy because like, it starts in a month, right? It starts in March. Yeah, because they're they're airing the last few episodes of Real Friends the WeHo. Have you watched that? I watched half of the first episode because they didn't turn it off at Meaties. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I saw it. it. It's it's lumpy. I haven't seen anything since the first episode, but like nothing happens. Like Tatra Call is a very off-putting individual <laughs> like not someone you can really like build a build a show around um did you see his most recent notes because he he did another like post of a notes app that said something along the lines of like the mtv would never like make a 90 minute or like change it to 90 minutes and then like shortly after they announced that they're changing it to 90 minutes i yeah. think that's what i got from seeing that <laughs> post but i was like okay Tadra called this cannot stop getting out of his own way like it's very um George Santos-esque not to like make this parallel but like two people who are so ambitious but do not have the means to realize their own ambitions except through lies and trickery and like just like I mean fraud in many cases allegedly so yeah alleged fraud well alleged fraud but are you liking this season of Drag Race, though, with pro- like structural issues aside? Uh, yeah, it's fine. It, for me, it's like I will watch it hungover on like Sunday or if I forget, I will maybe watch it during the week. I am, I, I'm not there's no immediate need for me to like I'm not begging to get to the next episode. Yeah. So I, I just kind of like, yeah, it's another television show that I'll forget about and then like turn it on during the week when I don't have anything to do. It really is like a show that you really only can watch these days at a bar, which is like even bad episodes like feel more fun because you're like with people and the energy's fun. Or yeah, like hungover on a Sunday morning. Like there's no in between. Like it's not, I mean, it hasn't been appointment TV in years at this point. But yeah, it just like, Watching it to catch up is not a rewarding experience. It's just like something to have on. So yeah, and it, it's that. like something that if I, when I'm watching at home, like I'm also just like on my phone. Like I already know, like I can I can pinpoint, I can like figure out the things that I need to know. But then other than that, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. And and I you know I'm famously only getting half the story. I'm not right. watching Untucked because uh, I feel like I don't care enough. Well, it's but... like they've made it so hard to watch Untucked these days too. Because I mean now that like real housewife i keep always call it real housewives of weho real friends of weho is like the creme in the oreo sandwich between the two shows like it like no i don't want to like sit around and watch tv at a bar for three hours no like there i got other other stuff going on like it's just not as rewarding of an experience but well this was probably a good move, but like I hope next season they learn their lesson because this was kind of a a mess. Um, all right, next scenario. More of a person than a scenario, but 
Ice Spice's whole deal. Are you ringing um, the alarm? <laughs> I honestly like do not know who Ice Spice is, other than just she's a rapper and then she yeah. handled it. Um, <laughs> she handled like that, it. Like that's that's about all I know. And I know I've like heard a song or two. I actually have like a running joke with my with Jake, my friend, where we both were like, "Who is this?" And like every time I see something new about her, I like send it to him. But it's never something that is actually like telling me who or what she does. Yeah. Um, no, that I think that's fair because like in the same way that like a hundred Gex is really hard to judge for their output because there's not much of it. Ice Spice only has like seven or eight songs. So judging great. it on that's the music. Time. But like judging on the music itself is like ha- only half the story, honestly. But I will say, four out of those eight songs are instant classic, iconic songs. In- are, are any of them like TikTok? I feel like because I do look at TikTok quite a bit. Unfortunately, that's yeah. sad to admit on a recorded is... device. But no, I mean we've we TikTok is like it's like you have to submit to the overlord at some point. Like I, yeah. I was a holdout until this time last year, more or less. And since Groundhog Day last year, it's been like TikTok, oh, TikTok, no. TikTok. Yeah. I mean, okay, I watched Madonna. <laughs> I've watched TikTok. I mean, I've watched, um, I watched that movie Turning Red on TikTok on a TikTok live. Like that, like, it's essentially- That's- insane i know looking at tiktok that's crazy yeah i was in like that i had covid during this time too like i was truly like feverish like sobbing oh my god this movie it was crazy i kind of love that i love that movie i mean it's Um, essentially a tv channel for me now but yes tiktok ice spice has gone viral on tiktok to an extent her song feel new parentheses munch her big hit um i mean she introduced the term munch to the lexicon which Not silky? is crunch crunch munch munch or, or, or differently that's a verb oh okay munch is Got a it. noun the way that ice spice says it like uh, i see it. someone who's I like it. i feel like i probably on. heard these things but oh yeah. interesting and then this past week she's gone viral again and is i i think this song is actually going to chart on the hot 100 which her other stuff has not thus far um she dropped a remix of the pink pantherist song boys a liar oh, I, think, I think i have heard that yeah that the music video for that also is kind of like instantly like everyone was really obsessed with it like i saw i don't agree with this but i saw someone call it uh gen z's version of telephone Oof, that's so bold that is it's it's radically bold i don't agree with it because the song is also like a minute 45 like it's not <laughs> Like telephone is is a symphony. A minute forty five. Couldn't that be an entire TikTok? Can't TikToks be like two? Yeah, minutes? I yeah, like two minutes and twenty seconds. Like you That's could wild. watch the entire music video on TikTok, and that would be okay. Damn. But she is. I think she is the best celebrity we've had in a while. Like, I like I like her like look I, from the, all the pictures and like random videos. I guess I've seen of her. I'm like, oh, she looks cool, but. I am lazy. Uh, so once we're done this, I will go ahead and embark on my Ice Spice journey. It's going to take you 15 minutes to catch up with the entire Ice Spice Because <laughs> all her songs are two minutes. Um, and it will be rewarding because like, yeah, I mean, we've discussed her handle at tweets. We've like, she is like, I do like an online celebrity who's actually funny, not like 
no offense to her, not like Charlie XCX. <laughs> like it is nice to see someone who is genuinely like a troll who just happened to get famous. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, last scenario here. A hot button issue this week. The phrase twink death. Oh. Are you ringing the alarm? Oh, no. I guess as like a former twink that is on the verge of not being a twink. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little offended at the thought of dying. Um, no. Oh, God. Some of them are so bad of the ones that I've seen people post that like I really have to hate on it. I can't. I don't like it. Yeah. I like. I feel like people what? lost what the meaning of twink was. Well, that's certainly true. Like, twink has become this shorthand for, like, a 23-year-old in a way that I do not necessarily care for. Like, as someone who is also aging out of, like, tw- a twinkdom in the classic sense, let's say, like, it... What are you going to do about this podcast? You're going to have to name it, like, Crisis Twunk or Crisis Well, I've always Otter. joked that Crisis Twunk is going to be my Patreon tier, <laughs> like, <laughs> subscriber tier. Not that I've ever, ever thought about actually doing that, but, like, I could be like Crisis Otter or like Crisis Hag would be fun too. Mm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. but I, like that. I, um, no, some of these were also like bananas too. Cause like I saw someone like the one that was really making the rounds was like Leo DiCaprio is an example of twink death, which is like dumb because he just, he's now almost 50. Like, right. You yeah. can't be, if you're a 50 year old twink, then that's like, that's alarming. I would ring. I would ring the alarm on that. Um, yeah, that would be crazy. But then I saw someone say like, "Not my fave," and it was a picture of Johnny Depp at like from like nineteen eighty four and now, in which he looks he looks like an elderly like wind chime now. Like there's no, <laughs> like I'm like the, once you're getting to a place of Depp, like you have completely lost the plot. That is crazy. I can't believe anyone would want to like save or copy a picture of Johnny Depp and then post it in a tweet. I mean, his stands are ferocious. They're like Swifties, but like truly, truly mentally ill. Ill, 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 ill. ill. It's so gross. Um, I don't really have any thoughts about the phrase twink death itself. Like, but I do think it's like, like it's youth it's prioritizing youth culture at what cost i guess i i i just i mean i feel like as someone that kind of um has always not quite because now i'm a little older Mm -hmm. i don't know if you know that true Mm -hmm. um but i like i'm not ever going to be able to be called a twink like that's not in the realm of possibility but i am a younger looking ish no haired bodied person yeah uh and so like people will you know kind of sh- lead me into that area <laughs> and then like they're they're putting you in a twink box that you are very much trying to like hop that i don't of. i don't i don't deserve to be or belong in um and then i mean to get more like political about it i feel like all those <laughs> yes. types of terms all those types of terms are just for white people like i'm okay. not I'm not actually a twink because I'm not some, you know, blonde haired, blue eyed little boy. Yeah, you're not um, like one of the Bellamy boys. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Those sad, so, like, sad little I've things, always just yeah. like had weird like things about that anyway. And so like now I'm like, can we just kill the term twink? Uh, and less about a person aging. I do 100% agree with you. Like it, it does feel very 
porn brain in a way too like so much of queer development is like literally searching for categories <laughs> and it's I, like it is poison the well in a way that I find uh, yeah like upsetting and at all it's so limiting for people to like and I've met very I've, I've met very few twinks that I actually enjoy so I'm like mm -hmm. thank you mm -hmm. I mean twinks are devious devious kinds and like I mean my I maybe I'm like I need to turn the mirror back on myself in that I have like branded this entire enterprise off that word, but I've never like seriously, like I don't take any pride in being a twink. I think that's the fundamental yes, difference. Yeah. Twink shame we can reintroduce in the culture. All day, every day. I'm ready. Yeah. It's complicated. I just, I find... It all goes down, it boils down once again that like online discourse to the extent that this was even discourse is just like, it's a losing battle. Like I would I would really prefer it if people just shared Apple Music links all day or like something, something else. Yeah. Something, let's come up with something else. Like I, I saw some rumor today that Elon Musk is considering limiting. Um, oh, is it the 20 tweets a day? Yeah, uh, 20 tweets a day. Yeah. I love that idea. Some of you need to fucking shut the fuck up and go yes. outside. <laughs> and that, like, that didn't like that didn't feel bad about looking at that. I thought it was crazy, and I obviously understand that people will be very upset about that. But yeah, for me, as someone that is slightly less online than I used to be, um, but I still, you know, will scroll. I I'm like, whoa. Some of you need that time to figure out what you yeah. are besides being a twink. Like, I get that this is supposed to drive the platform into more of like a revenue based model, like a subscriber revenue based model. But I do think like all this is going to do is get people to go walk outside, <laughs> like actually like get in touch with the natural world, maybe come up with like ecological solutions to the climate change and, and read some, read some fan fiction. I don't give a fuck. Like yeah. do whatever you want. <laughs> we need fewer twinks and more park rangers at the end of the day <laughs> like that, <laughs> that is our that is our our main takeaway from all this um okay alex we have to move on to this episode's cultural emergency so you have rushed a very good topic to the er today what is it um i wanted to talk about linda ronstadt <laughs> um when you had uh texting me about doing this it was like a couple days after that episode of the last of us yeah with um nick offerman and mary bartlett and so they featured a linda ronstadt song on that which is very sad and moving yada yada mm -hmm. yada and so in the moment of you know a couple days after that people were talking about that episode a lot in a way that like made me feel like um for a second that people were gonna like have a kate bush essence of linda ronstadt in the way that like Stranger Things did, you know, yeah, um, which annoyed me and then made me intrigued at the same time because I really love Lena Ronstadt, and so seeing people like kind of be like, huh, who that was like, and then like talking about her a little bit, um, I was like slightly for my contrarian inner self was slightly like worried that people were gonna be annoying about 
Lynn around not the way that people are annoying about Kate Bush. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, so then and I was thinking about it after that and being like, oh my God, but like her career in general is like insane. Um, and she has a lot to offer. And I think that while I do hate the thought of people overhyping or essentially being annoying online, which everyone is, uh, I, I do like would hope that people could at least like delve into her and like appreciate a lot of the things that she has done. Yeah. Cause she's also such a good gateway artist in the same way that Kate Bush is too. Like she's a good gateway artist to other artists. Like if you like Linda Ronstadt, like, you know, go dive into the Dolly catalog. That's not just Jolene or like, you know, the big hits, like go dive into Emmylou Harris Emmylou. or tree, yeah. tr- I mean, or the trio albums, which are like truly incredible and Iconic. worth like seeking out. Um, mm-hmm. That whole like, 70s like dusty like country folk pop laurel canyon like there's just Uh, so much it gets me so wet that entire genre of music yeah i i am obsessed with um and like i'd always known linda ronset like growing up and like heard like you're no good blue by you like all that kind all those like more famous songs and then about like right starting in the beginning of the pandemic like that first summer I just like went like full in yeah. on Linda and just like loved it I, I coincidentally same time had the exact same um trajectory because like this was when I was I was still living in LA and like especially in early pandemic there was nothing to do except like drive in my car so I would literally drive through Laurel Canyon and like Topanga and just like look outside and listen to like the trio albums especially like those were the real um on rotation ones for me and like it was just so it felt I love listening to music in the car but like that was it was kind of just like the perfect synthesis and it felt like very expansive in a way that the world was not at that point I love the yeah. idea, like all her collaborations, especially for Trio. And I remember mm-hmm. like seeing a, a, an interview that Dolly had done once talking about Linda um, and about like how she was like such a like stickler for like the harmonies where yeah. like Dolly was kind of be, you know, doing whatever she wanted. And Linda would be like, no, 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 like you have to be here. We're here. Uh, and the thought of that, just like them, like working that way and collaborating that way. Yeah. Like, I love that. There's a really good New Yorker article. Um an interview with Linda from, I I think it's been like three or four years at this point, but like it, she talks about how like exacting and meticulous her process is like, cause she's such, I think she's like a technically trained musician, like, like a formally like trained Um, singer. I don't, I'm not sure like how much actual training, I know like how good she is. Like I know that she did like that, like little like operetta, like she has, like the range and the ability to do I never really she has like a theory uh, like an understanding of theory that like drives a lot because like Emmy Luce talked a lot about how like she is much I I don't want to call Emmy Lou Harris a vibe space person but like (laughs) you know what I mean like she's she's a, a little bit more like she goes off of like natural intuition a little bit more with like songwriting um mm-hmm. which is why like if you're sorry to like work within like the trio framework here but like if you're comparing those three like she's definitely the one who has the most like experimental 
music i would say yeah. out of those no three, i can like that. and it kind of shows but linda like well okay i want to hear how did you get into linda ronstadt first and foremost uh how did i i i truly just felt like one day i just was obsessed like i don't even remember there being like what the impetus of that would have been like i just started to i i, I have no clue yeah. Um, but then I kind of I think I started with like Heart Like a Wheel and then mm -hmm. like went went through like all the 70s albums of hers. Um and then I don't know, like her voice in general is like very in my mind or my opinion, I feel like she has a very strong but like wide range, which gives me very like Kelly Clarkson vibes. Like they have a very similar like effect to their voice that I think like they're both very controlled yeah um and I just like I'm obsessed with that and seeing that like versatility and even though I don't really particularly like a lot of her like solo 80s stuff um but yeah I mean that's how it is for lots of people that are really that I like in the seven or like that had really good work in the 70s I'm like like heart I can't do the like the 80s stuff for me it doesn't like work yeah I like, I mean, I do like some of the hard 80s stuff, but it's such a radical departure just because, like, I I don't really, I mean, I guess, like, kowtowing to commercial trends has always been an issue, and especially if you're art an artist who's aging from, like, their, your 20s to, like, by the end of the 80s, you're, like, early 40s. Like, you do kind of have to find ways to, like, stay commercially relevant, but that, like, 80s power ballad sound is not it's not what I'm looking great. for especially if like I got into it for like the 70s like rock 70s folk rock country rock whatever that is yeah. kind of the vibe that I was always looking for and then when they depart from it I get a little sad it's really annoying to me that arguably Linda Ronstadt's most famous song is somewhere out there <laughs> which is like a song I really I love her do not care for that song even a little bit and even even yeah. that's like less 80s power ballad and more like sh i mean it's a show tune yeah from like five old goes there wait what's that movie called um i think if uh, five old goes west i don't five know will go oh my god five <laughs> goes there um wait. okay this is gonna drive me crazy what is this movie i've seen this movie so many times too it's like gonna drive oh an american tale oh okay yeah it's is the first one movie? Yeah. Yes, that's the first one, and Five of Ghost West is the sequel. Okay, okay this all. It, yeah. yeah, I do. I do vaguely remember that movie. It, it wasn't like on my top at the time, but it was cute. I guess. It was, yeah, it's cute. Like, I mean, she, the other '80s one she had was the Aaron Neville song, mm. which was what's that called again? Uh, all I need to know, which is not. Or no, I'm sorry. Don't know much. Don't know much. She called it. Don't know much. It's a Bette Midler song originally that she covered. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Which I, see, I don't. Knew. I don't go into that that uh, yeah era of hers very often. Those Once crazily, I... those are her like two of her three top hits though on the charts, which That's is wild. Yeah, she only had one number one song in the U.S., which was "You're No Good." Yeah, for good reason. Great song. But yeah, I've what... always been. What? what was that? Oh no, go on. No, I, I I like Heart Like a Wheel is always like such a mainstay. I feel like it is one of her better albums. Yeah. Um and I was listening it today and like the transition between um When Will I Be Loved into Willing is just yeah. like amazing. I love just it's, being sad and then 
going into like a nice little rock. <laughs> when Will I Be Loved is my favorite Linda song, actually. Um, oh, it's amazing. It's, I like a sad song that kind of rocks out at the same time. Like, that's a simple thing to say, but like that, it's also very like country in that way too. Like that, it, that like dueling sentiment of like, you're singing about these sad things, but like kind of surrounded by this like musical arrangement that feels like very like uplifting and like groovy. I don't know. There's something about the juxtaposition of it that I always have. No, it's like, amazing. Very, like, I love when I love captivating. when that happens. And I, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm famously like terrible at lyrics. It takes me a very long time to like actually hear what words are being said, even if it's very obvious. Like I, that's just not what I do when I'm listening to music mostly. Yeah. Uh, so I also was getting, listening to the vibe of the song being like, like, yeah, I like love. Yeah. And then I finally was like, oh, you're so sad. You, you, you are lonely. Um, That's, that's heartbreaking, but I'm still going to like shake my head a little bit when I listen to this song. And then like immediately goes into willing yeah which is like slightly slower but still like kind of country rock and the i once i the only lyric that i heard from that song which i don't know maybe it's my brain piercing out these lyrics it's like something about like all like if give me weed whites and wine and i'm willing to be yeah. moving and i'm like oh yeah me too <laughs> yeah. uh, when i have those things i'm also willing <laughs> uh but yeah oh yeah i i'm looking at like some of the spotify streams like on her music and it's just so underappreciated almost like I know that like catalog music doesn't necessarily get like like streaming is not the primary consumption for most people for that like it's like CDs that people have bought in the past or like vinyl or, like I mean the vinyl resurgence I think is going to do her wonders because even with like these numbers that are not like super crazy high right now like um all of her music had like a 7,000% bump after The Last of Us. Yeah, yeah, I bet. I don't think it's going to get to the same like um, running up that hill. Oh, I'm so, that's tier. good. I I, yeah. I don't want that. Like I love Kate Bush. I love running up that hill, but I do not need a Betty Who cover of running up that hill. Like I don't need it, okay? No. Nope. I don't think anyone that, should have it. The Kim Petras uh, Amazon oh, music. The live. Goes, yeah. Oh, the <laughs> See, like, it's so necessary, and I hate yeah. that shit, and I hope no one ever does that. There was, like, a tribute, I think it was, like, Carrie Underwood, this was, like, a while ago, Carrie yeah. Underwood, and, like, maybe three other people saying, when will I be loved? At, like, yeah. Like, like, no, I, I remember that. Um, There's also, like, a tribute from, I want to say, the early or mid-90s that has, like, Linda, like, a Linda component to it with, like, Jody Messina, and Mary Chapman Carpenter and like oh wow all the you know the 90s the 90s women like that's also real like Linda Linda songs are really good for reinterpretation I think and like even though like replicating her voice is a tall order because she has Oof. like I mean her voice is unbelievable don't I know it I have blue bio on my karaoke playlist yeah um, and that's that can be rough for everyone involved I'm kind of surprised. Well, I'm not surprised that Long Long Time was the song that was selected for this particular episode of The Last of Us. But I am surprised that like it's hitting as much as it is, considering that 
maybe sacrilege. I don't really think the song is remarkable other than her like vocal performance on this. Like it's it's a pretty oh. like sorry, you I got you froze for me for a second. Oh yeah, and see, that's I couldn't hear anything. Fire. No, I, I don't. Uh, think but you said is... you're not surprised. You're not surprised that long, long time was chosen. I think that's what I heard. I'm not surprised that long, long time was chosen within the context of like this particular episode. Um, but I'm surprised it's hitting as much as it is, considering it's not one of her better songs. No, that's exactly. So I was kind of like while I was hearing people like, you know, getting excited about Lena Ronstadt, I was worried that running up that hill would happen. But then I was kind of happy because Long Long Time isn't like even one of my favorite songs. So I was like, yeah, go ahead. Like, and take it. It doesn't, Run. like, Running Up That Hill is a, like, a 10 out of 10 unimpeachable pop song. Like, you can't really, you can't really do much to that song. Like, covering it is, like, redundant and useless. But, like, you can, it's, it should have been a hit when it was originally released. And I'm kind of glad that it got like the shine that it did, even though people got so annoying with it so quickly. Long, long time is like, I mean, it's like 70s adult contemporary. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not the kind of thing that like, like, that's not the music from the 70s that people are pulling from these days and like celebrating again as much. It's not. Yeah. For good reason. I mean, yeah. it, it works perfectly fine for the episode, like emotionally. And, yeah. Like, that's great. That's all you need. But hopefully she like, I mean, she's definitely getting like a commercial bump out of this. Not that she really needed it. Um, Because I mean, she's at the stage of her career where like, I mean, she's not performing anymore because of her uh, park. I want to say it's Parkinson's, right? It's it. They thought it was Parkinson's, and it's something else. It's okay. like some other degenerative oh, disease. Yeah, progressive supranuclear palsy. Um, yeah, but she's. I mean, there was a really good documentary based off of her life that came out a few years ago that people need to like check yeah. out. Um, that was so good, and that and that informed me about all of her like love life too. That I was like, whoa! I didn't realize that she was such a stunner. Yeah, she dated Jim Carrey. She dated Jim Carrey in the 80s. She dated Jerry Brown, the governor of California. Like controversial. Um, controversial, controversial Jerry Brown. Like she was, I mean, she was and is beautiful. Like, yes. In one thing you can see on TikTok right now, and you have been able to for a while, like the the retro fashion girlies who love that kind of like boho Lauren um boho laurel canyon like flowy maxi dress kind of style they all have linda on the mood board as they should yeah the other thing i would like to plug before we move on to the um final segment here um linda i believe is developing a cookbook um i will buy it about her like mexican-american heritage um and she did a really that was another thing what that was as someone who is i'm also half mexican and german and she is mexican and german and so like it when i was like getting into her like i fully was like oh my god we're like so similar (laughs) except we're not similar at all she's insanely talented (laughs) you're you're talented too don't we're we're not here for self-deprecation like being a podcast guest (laughs) may not be as artistically impactful as winning like a kennedy center honor award but like it's it's not Mm. nothing a lot of people don't okay, get up sure, on yeah, th- sure. these mics and perform. So 
Don't let that t- people take that away from you. Um, what that like she was also a trailblazer in that space too, because like she was really proud of her Mexican heritage in like a time when it wasn't as like you know cool or not cool but you know what I mean it wasn't as like acceptable to do that as it is now like no totally and I I listened to that that album um the Canciones de Mi Padre and like it's great it it it, it's lovely it's so it has a very authentic style to it like great and she sounds amazing like her voice has yeah. adjusted to be like mariachi type, like yeah, and that's. I, I mean, that. I think I mean her, the adaptability of her voice is, I think, a huge reason why she was able to stay so successful so, for so long and like work in all these different kind of genres between like the pop, pop, the rock, the country, these like eighties power ballads. Like she did like a, a operetta like on yeah. Broadway. Like it's like truly. Wild. It's I like it's, the breadth of talent is staggering. Um, but oh, but, oh, wait, what was it? Oh no, but everyone needs to go check out the New York Times article that like it's her and oh, I don't remember what writer for cooking, but like they go to New Mexico and it's like a it's like a long travelogue piece that's really lovely, and she talks about like her heritage, like how important food was to her to like. And then she drops some good recipes that um, are worth trying out. So I will Linda, definitely check that out. And I can't wait. So she is going to like actually make a cookbook? Or yeah, is it I just- want, let me look one. So I remember reading this like recently, like within the past year. Um, oh yeah, like from October for her swan song, Linda Ronstadt turns to recipes. Um, and feels like home, the singer, her voice taken by a form of Parkinson's, tells her story through the border dishes from her Arizona youth. Um, I, I am obsessed already. Yeah, I am too. And you can find her recipes for uh, albondigas and cheese crisps uh, at New York Times Cooking right now. And you can also find her music uh, wherever you find music because like people really need to get into her if you had to predict like who the next icon of yesteryear to get like a bump from this or who would you like to see get a bump from this who would it be Ooh, um from like 70s era like her era any era like oh any era yeah like i mean let's say pre-90s to put a cap on it I mean, I do love like 70s rock. So I would probably say something like along. It's like kind of very obscure, though. So it's that's not to be like annoying. But um, around that same time that I was like indulging in Linda, I started looking at like British frog rock, folk Mm -hmm. rock from the 70s as well. And there was a woman named Sandy Denny who I like absolutely loved. She was part of like Fairport Convention or something. That was a band that was mildly famous, but she has like a, um, a solo album and her like story is like very tragic too. Um, And that album is like, so I like have been listening to that all the time for the last couple of years. And so I would like to see something uh, weird and like strange. Yeah. Do that. I'm going to pull I think I have two answers to this question. I'm going to add on to my initial one because you've also, with the Sandy Denny comparison, I think Marianne Faithful 
is hugely due of Sandy Denny associate but like she like has some wonderful albums from like the mid 60s onward that are all like very worth revisiting and I feel like with like a good like sync placement could be a big hit I think we're also kind of due for Nancy Sinatra I could be okay with that yeah we kind of had one 10 years ago when Lana was like talking about her in every single interview but like I think we're like it's gonna happen i think we're really ready especially that album she did with lee hazelwood which is like so good and like predicted 70s rock and in a way like i would love to let's uh get people back on that okay alex i think we have to move on to our final segment here the community apart the rules of this are very simple i've picked two songs and you're gonna tell me which one is better easy Mm -hmm. Got it, got it, got it. So we don't often do country songs for this segment for some reason. Um, I am surprised neither of these songs have been picked for this game. On the surface, they don't have a ton to do with each other. They are both from very different decades, from singers who are contemporaries, legends, icons in their own right, but are not doing the same thing, let's say. But they are both absolute staples of country music, staples of like the storytelling potential of country music. Which song is better, Jolene by Dolly Parton or Fancy by Reba McIntyre? Oh, damn. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to do. Oh, no. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) This is like surprisingly hard because I, I mean, I don't get to play this game, but like. In my head, I was like, oh, obviously it's this. Yeah. In my head, it's I'm saying obviously it's Jolene. But then I'm mm-hmm. thinking about Fancy has so many other qualities that Jolene doesn't. Like, no one's it, Jolene isn't going to get the crowd at SoFo yelling like Fancy is. Yeah. Um, But I'm still going to say Jolene. I think I agree. I do agree with you. Like, Jolene is like, you could make a strong argument that if you had to send 10 American songs to the aliens to like show them like, this is our culture. You could make a very strong argument that Jolene would be one of those 10 songs. Like yes, yeah. when we say great American songbook, <laughs> we mean Jolene, <laughs> say that. we mean Jolene, but also we kind of mean fancy too. Like I do want to give Reba her flowers here because like fancy is fancy is going for something very different than Jolene, but like, it's like a real epic of the song. It it truly is. And on like I had never really been that into Reba's music that much, but just being gay and like going to places <laughs> that other gay people go to, you know, you just pick up on all those things. And so like, you know, you learn to to see the greatness and in, in some of the stuff that she's done. I think in the same way that like 80s pop and 80s rock kind of gets this bad rap for being really blown out and ballady and cheesy, like 80s country, country kind of gets the same thing too. But but like there are so many good 80s country songs, like a lot of the Reba catalog, like yeah. a lot of like Winona and the Judds and like all those people. Like it's, there's some really good stuff there if you can wade through like a lot of the cheesier stuff. I think what helps with the the country 80s stuff is that country music generally is more like storytelling. Yeah. Whereas like rock music is not. 
or whatever or pop music so i feel like the storytelling in country music can like make or break how good that song is like fancy is just giving you an entire narrative oh yeah you know it's like you're not gonna get that from you know everything else i'm really surprised that it hasn't been optioned into a movie (laughs) i'll be honest like the story of fancy like Uh, a reba tale like something like that like I would watch. I would oh, oh my god! Her. I would watch. Like, who would play Fancy though? Oh Sid, man! I feel like in these days it would be like Sydney Sweeney is. Fancy. I, I was gonna say Kieran Shipka just like because I thought I feel like it would be really bad, <laughs> but that is the first name that popped into my mind. I don't know why. Wait, um, that would be. I'm crying. That would be chaotic. so funny. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's like Maya Hawk is. Oh yeah, like, I feel like she could she could pull it off, Maya. Yeah, I mean, I, I like her. She like if they make this like a musical too, like I guess you kind of have to cast someone who can sing. Um, yeah, there, was, I there mean, was a there was a musical episode of uh, Sabrina, wasn't there? She sang I something. Think so. I so kind of fell off that show. Um, so did the show. The show fell off itself. Yeah, like yeah. all those like Netflix teen shows. Like I watched all of Wednesday. And I'm telling myself I will watch season two whenever it comes out, but I'm also like, mm, I don't, I don't know if I can really hold my feet to the fire on that one. They did make, speaking of Netflix, they did make a, um, like Dolly had that anthology TV show that's like Dolly Parton's Heartstrings. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And there is a Jolene episode of that show that I have not seen, but if memory serves, Julianne Huff plays either jolene or the other woman oh my god so possessed by energy julianne huff is that what i'm thinking of (laughs) i forgot about that like her healer like she's she's doing like supermans on like the massage Mm -hmm. table i I, I can only think of that when that when her name comes up yeah to her but no she's she i'm sure i'm sure she's great in it too but yeah okay so jolene decisively wins oh yes yeah i will i will I would just like to say, though, that after I had prepped this segment for today, um, I listened to Fancy, like, approximately five million times. <laughs> and, like, I've been walking around my apartment, like, in silence and then occasionally uttering, it was red! <laughs> like, I just can't stop doing that. Because, like, her delivery and that song is, like, Reba, Reba's a master. Um, yeah, who knows she master. could do so much with only one lip? also don't be rude um also two um brilliant comedic actors as well oh brilliant brilliant reba the show and like literally anything dolly's ever been in is perfect um okay well we covered a lot of ground today alex thank you Uh, so much for being here this was a true treat a a a trip through americana (laughs) in ways that like this from Ice Spice to Reba, like we really covered like the grand the grand redheads of of American. It, it was an honor. Um, if yeah, you would we, like to be really found on that. social media, where can people find you? Oh, I don't. No. Okay. Um. What is, What are my things? I don't know. You can follow me on Twitter. It's Mr. Zenatram, which is my last name backwards. So Mr. M R and then Martinez backwards. You can figure that out. Yes. Um, you can find me on Twitter at FKPigs with a Z, on Instagram at Drew Haskins with Z's, and follow Crisis Twig Pod for direct updates from the pod itself. 
Um, you can also, this episode's gonna be on the 15th. Um, this Friday, Julia Gray and I are dropping a new episode of Girls Room, our HBO's Girls Recap podcast, uh, mm-hmm. featuring writer Alana Pokros. Um, and then the real, the real treat. From February 20th to February 24th, there will be five straight days of Crisis Twig. For the 100th episode spectacular Tear the Community Apart Civil War edition, um, we will be going through with some extra special guests, 64 of the winners of Tear the Community Apart to figure out what the greatest song of all time is. Not to spoil anything, but I've recorded part one already with two absolute fan favorites and geniuses um and the song that has won that bracket is i mean my god that's all i can say my god um (laughs) so everyone get excited for episode 100 i can't believe we're here please rate review subscribe on apple music or apple podcast spotify wherever you get your podcast and i will see you next week for the fucking gauntlet like what you just heard Go to the show notes and whatever podcast app you're listening to this on and click the donation link.